are listening to Women and Music by Goldhand Girls. And we are your hosts, Alexa Ace and Michaela Chandler. Ooh, we're live. And we're live. We're live, baby. <laughs> this is so different than normal. It's, I know. It's great. We're used to being in like a studio with our big old headphones and a microphone in front of us. Not today. Are we? Not today. Today we are separate actually we're doing for the first time ever we're doing the podcast separately from our own houses over zoom over zoom we are so diverse we're just we're ready just to to have like an episode that is just us like us and us talking and sharing our stories and commentary on the podcast and what you guys thought about the first season yeah and um yeah let's get this started Ready? Drive in. Yeah. All right. So, should we start where Goldhands like started and got founded and that kind of stuff? I'll start. Yeah. Like, tell me about the history. Tell me some untold stories. Like, what what was Goldhand initially meant to be, and how did it evolve to like what? Well, you know. No, (laughs) I know. I'm an innocent bystander. I know nothing. Okay. Okay. Okay, So here's my little elevator pitch, but not really. Um. Goldhand Girls was actually meant to be a record label at first. And actually, to be honest, I went through a couple of different like phases of what it was supposed to be. At first, it was going to be like artist management. And then I realized, holy shit, I'm not good at being a mom. Shout out to all the artist managers. I'm a person, not that. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have a record label. And then I was, I was like uh, maybe 20 years old. And I was like, okay, this is really difficult. Um, have no idea how this is going to turn into anything right now, especially with no overhead capital and being 20 years old and being like a sophomore in college or something like that. You were ambitious. Yeah, something, something like that. So then essentially, um, Goldhand was meant to always become for women. I think it's, it's always meant to be something that helped inspire me in some ways. And, um, my inspiration comes from that community and it comes from that awareness and it comes from like how I can help you and how you can help me and how we can both get there wherever there is. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe it's a concert. Maybe it's New York fucking city and we're recording Kesha. You never know. So, so really Goldhand started because I moved to London and was working at a couple different internships and I just, I found myself out there, man. London is my entire life. London is my heart and my soul. And I, upon finding myself, I was like, okay, I'm ready to be my own boss. How the fuck can we do this? How can we bring women in the music industry together, build that awareness and also turn it into a career? And so, yeah, here we are four years later. It started in 2016, um, kind of like 15 as a little record label type of deal. And then 2016, officially Goldhand Girl started because it was Goldhand Records. I mean, if you guys go do some digging on that, you can actually find it. Because I had a house at one time and it had like a big like gold hand banner and it was great. It was really great. But I'm so proud of where it is today, which is an empowerment platform that helps to provide opportunities for women in the music industry. And Michaela, I'm so grateful that you're here too. It's crazy. We have a podcast now. Like you you guys are listening to us talk and we're in our own houses. It's absolutely insane to me that like we have a podcast. And I was trying to think back like, 
I wish I could remember, because I remember sitting with you in the Criterion box office and we were talking one night after a show and you were just like going more in depth about what Gold Hand is and like what your goals were. And I was just like, I'm obsessed. Like, this is exactly what I felt like I had in my heart. Like I needed a calling to make more of an impact. Like it's cool to work in the music industry. Like it's sexy, it's glamorous, you know, like it's, it's fast paced. It's always moving. But to actually leave an impact and like inspire others, like that's what it's all about. That's right. So it was just like, after you and I talked, I was like, I'm just going to bug this girl until <laughs> she's <That's all> happened. <laughs> but it wasn't, you never, ever bothered me. Actually, it inspired me so much. Anytime I've, 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 I'm pretty sure like, you're so right. At first you'd ask me like really basic questions about, so what do you do? So what's yeah. your next event? That type of thing. And you were so fucking supportive. I mean, I loved it. The world knew this was going to happen. The world knew. I know. I still, I remember when you had, um, you had an event and you guys were passing out like composition books. Yeah. Journaling. And I still have mine. And it it was like a meditation event. Yes. And it, but it just goes to show that like your intentions have always been to inspire, to leave, like whoever comes in contact with gold hand is meant to walk away feeling stronger and more like, sure of themselves whether that be in their yeah. career or their personal life and that's just like oh. th- that's what the podcast like in turn more sure into. yeah 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 that you're so right that is that is exactly what it's become it's just like and that's exactly what we want our listeners to you know feel and and to hear like when we're even talking is like the point of this is to inspire you like yeah. we always say the podcast is definitely slightly self-serving because we get to talk to fucking awesome incredible people but I- at the end of the day it is not only to share stories, but it is for the listener. It is for you so that you have the opportunity to make something out of your life that you are so fucking passionate about. And again, that's exactly what Gold Hand is. And so, I mean, um, getting straight to the podcast, uh, fast forward, Gold Hand was a blog, just so you know, whoever's listening, if you haven't heard this before, Gold Hand was a blog. It turned into a really big blog really quick and it was so fun. And we were providing opportunities left and right for women. And then, um, I needed to finish college. So I kind of put it on hold for a little bit and met Michaela and Michaela and I actually started interning together at a music venue called the Criterion in Oklahoma city. And that's where we met but it just, it blossomed from there very quickly. Not only because we had to share a fold-out desk, which is what we laugh oh, about all the time. Like a pink gym. white, like, like dorky-ass fold-out like desk. picnic table. That a was our intern desk. Yes, a picnic table. And we would, I remember we would buy each other like flowers to be like, today oh would be a great day. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Or we would have like sticky notes, like, like super positive. I remember, um, remember when we got the dry erase board? Yeah, I sure do. I, you're so excited about that too. You and your color coding, like, yes. Because we had to, we had to find ways to like motivate ourselves and be happy as like bottom of the totem pole, little baby interns. Yeah. From our picnic table, our beautiful, glamorous picnic table, how, how did we get from this point, from where we are now, wrapping up our 10th episode? Damn. To back when we met. I, I mean, it was literally straight up like, I need, I need a new partner and you're it. That's how it went. That's, I feel like that's literally how it went. I was like, I, I cannot do Gold Hand by myself right now. I'm trying to finish college. I'm trying to find a fucking job. I'm trying to figure out my life, move out, all that fun adult stuff. And I was like, Michaela is my opposite. 
And that's what you were, that's what you should look for in a business partnership, the opposite. Like you are very type A and put together and I'm very not. Michaela is very like, very like pretty all the time. All of her stuff is very well organized, very put together. Her house is beautiful. Aww. On the other end, you might hear some cats going crazy over here. And <laughs> that's about it. But anyways, you totally have a creative mindset. You are yeah, so fucking put through. together. <laughs> I am a creative through and through. I am. I am. And I'm very, I love that part about me. But I knew that I needed, I needed a partner. And you, to me, were that missing, missing puzzle piece, which is what I always say. Um, we are from there, opposites. Dude, we're fucking like nonstop opposites. I like, mean, like Gemini, yin and yang. Yeah. Like, what are some of our, honestly, like, what are some of our things? Like, we honestly, we get into, like, not arguments, but, like, discussions about, like, oh, you think that's how it should go? I think it should go like yeah. this. But then we always have to meet in the middle because we're both, like, Gemini's first off. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, okay, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. I understand now. Right. So we sat on it for about six months after Michaela joined the team. And we're like, what can we do to monetize our passions? And out came a podcast. Yes. I mean, we're like, how can we talk to artists? Because also we were getting so many PR emails every day. Um, if you have a blog, you probably get a lot of PR emails every single day with them. Those. Yeah, and pitching artists. And we were like, we want to talk to these artists, but not in a way that's just through email. We want to talk to these music business executives that isn't just you know, a a takeover, something like that, which is what we also used to do on the Instagram um, as artist takeovers, like every single week, because it's so fun to see artists and their life from their perspective, but we needed more. And so we sat on it. And as soon as we figured out what it was, we went full throttle and we started planning. We started confirming artists. Um, We started confirming executives. We started writing our, you know, intro music. And there's a lot that goes into the podcast. Yeah. Writing our intro music is one of my like absolute favorite memories because it just kind of like we were both so sure when we first heard it. We were like, "Yes, this is it!" Yeah. And everyone was like, "Ah, uh, I don't know." We were like, "Sounds no, like true crime." Yeah, we're like, we don't care. care. We're like, no, we're trying to solve a case. Yeah, the case of equality. The case of equality. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so crazy. Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were, we were literally sitting at your house, like planning this out. And I think like, I remember I was house sitting when we were on this like two hour phone call of just like collaborating, like, what can we do? And I remember initially we were going to do like a magazine, like a print editorial. Oh, a zine, a zine. Yeah. Magazine. And I was just like, holy crap. And then I don't even remember how we came about, but we were like, podcasting we need to talk to these people like we are already doing so many things with these artists and their representatives like why are we not taking advantage of this and we would constantly get dms like i remember logging yeah. to goldhand socials and just being like holy moly there were so many people reaching out with questions about wanting to get involved or how do you do this and it was just like a one stop shop where we could meet all of our needs that we hit every point we were able to educate these people. And I feel like yeah, you're right. them on, you know, like what's, what's going on with the artists, but just like what the music business really 
like the industry really looks like these days and that there's is so many opportunities there's so, so many, many opportunities and not enough women those opportunities yeah you're so right it literally like it like checked every single box and did in terms of like what we're looking for what we are looking to put our energy into yeah um but yeah we also both want to say like podcasting is hard it is something that people don't give enough credit to in some ways because you might just be having a conversation. Yeah. Which sounds super fucking easy. But when it comes to respecting artists, respecting their management, setting all of that up, I mean, the best advice that I can give personally is, is just exactly what we said, plan ahead. Like you need to plan ahead if you're going to have a podcast because so many people are putting up podcasts that are half ass and, and also get a fucking producer. Get a producer. A producer matters and and it makes all the all the difference. I will say too that anyone can put out a podcast, like you said, but we had goals at the beginning that we didn't want to be mediocre. Like Mm -hmm. I think I think anybody can put out a podcast talking about what's going on in the music industry, but we work with such high caliber guests that to us, we didn't want to be portrayed as just throwing it together. So to yeah. speak. like we wanted to be looked at as professionals and I feel like we carry ourselves in a way, not even that I feel that, like I know that yeah. because we, we want that respect. We have mm-hmm. already worked so hard to get where we're at, mm-hmm. to drop the ball on something so short as producing the podcast. Like that is not a skill set that you and I have. We tried it. Yeah. Delegating is definitely a, a big part of being I mean, successful as well. That, that's what makes a good leader. Yeah. Thank you. I I feel like that's a really great point. Like that is what makes a good leader. And I feel like both of us were so set in stone and it's really interesting because you also help with this too. I'm not very good at buttoning things up. I'm good at like bringing in as many, as many different ideas that we can have and, and making that happen. But you're really good at making it. I mean, how else do I say buttoned up? Like, like making sure everything is very well put together and that's what I needed. And again, in a partner for Goldhand. But I would like to also say we we focus so heavily on the details that we watch our every fucking word we're writing an email. Every fucking word. We go over the our illustrator files. So typically when we're pitching an artist, we do have an artist packet we put together, which I would highly recommend to anyone listening. Um, put together some sort of packet that has all of your numbers in it. Do it maybe after you know a month of being a podcaster. We're only like three months in, so we don't have that much room to talk, but this is our experience and prep it for the artist specifically, because that just shows that you are willing to put in that extra time and that extra energy just to, just to have them on your podcast and just to speak to them. And that's a compliment. You you just don't want to throw any of this together because it can be so great and it can affect so many people. If you just put that extra time and energy into the tiny details. Yeah. I mean, it just, I think there's so, there's so many things that you can do to be successful in any career, but it's those little things that make the difference. You know, Mm -hmm. turning your Google alerts on for people that we have on the podcast or just people that I'm like aiming for pitching to going going to follow them and and like staying on their radar before you pitch get to know what they are about, what their goals are, what their hopes are, and see how you can meet that. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to put in the work to get the outcome. Yeah. And also don't ask basic questions. Something that we also do is um, Michaela, and it's going to happen naturally, Michaela goes in and does kind of like a study pack. 
-hmm. She does a study pack about the artist. And then I will go in and create the script. So, you know, there's a secret of ours. We do have a script, but it's not too scripted just because we want to ask questions that we know people would want to hear or that they want to know the answers to. We want to ask the questions that, that might not actually come up in a real conversation, but if we make sure to make it a point that we're going to, we're going to get that question asked. And so I know that there's a big, like, um, I don't know, there's controversy over people saying, Oh, is it scripted? Is it not scripted? But personally, I think, especially when you're talking to people that are high profile, um, if you can, if you can be prepared in any way, shape or form, like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And I just, I love the way that we have it formatted because we will send the interview questions off a couple of days before. So the artists can get familiar with what we're asking. We've had quite a few people, carefully included say, Nope, I don't want to see the questions. I want to just answer yeah. this really. And it becomes such an authentic conversation and it takes the pressure off at least for us yes. because we know what we want to ask where mm -hmm. that conversation goes may completely change and alter, but we're able to pivot because we have, we have a guideline. We have goals that we want to hit during that interview. And it just becomes, becomes so much more intentional. Yeah. Kay Flay definitely was like, she, she was like, okay. So we FaceTimed her the day before, which was really fucking cool. First off, like she was the first big guest that we confirmed. And, um, we make sure to FaceTime the guests every time before as well, just because we don't want to just have a cold conversation the second we get on the call. So we want to show face. We want to say, Hey, this is us. These are the people you're about to talk to for the next hour. And yeah. The voice too. Yeah. Yeah. That totally helps. Especially since there, since there are two of us, but yeah, Kate didn't want to know the questions. And so her responses are literally her fucking responses. Like it is not scripted. It is not prepared. I mean, however, if we, if we were to ask questions like what's your favorite song to perform shit like that, then most artists are actually prepped for stuff like that. Just so you know. So if you want to ask questions, if you're planning on having um, a blog or a podcast or something like that, ask questions that are actually in depth and that they actually want to respond to because they get the same questions every single fucking day of their lives and they will become a robot and answer it exactly how they know how because they need to represent, represent themselves in a way that everyone can understand. Yeah. However, you, go ahead. <laughs> you actually, like when we do our interview questions, you almost put like a theme at the top and it, we try to come up with questions that haven't been asked before, or maybe they have, but we ask it in a unique way. It's like, we have a goal for each question or for each like theme, you know, yeah, like, like, Jenna, like Jenna Andrews. Yes. I really wanted, I really like, she is the example of someone who does everything. Like she is a fucking queen. So many hats. But I didn't know like when, when I saw your study guide too, I was like, I don't know how to put some of these into questions. So why don't we try to have her visualize and explain the question in an answer that is a visual representation of where she was in that moment instead. So that's another way to ask the same question. Like, like for instance, I don't even know if we got to this question, but I remember writing down you know, what is the atmosphere? Oh yeah, I think we did. Like, what's the atmosphere like when you're songwriting? Um, and I really wanted to ask what, what is the atmosphere like, like when you're writing with, you know, Osiris? Because mm -hmm. I want to know, like, are you in a studio that is burning? And especially as a creative, yeah, with candles burning, with, with, the, with the lights down low, like, do you have to go take a couple of shots of tequila before you write a song or, or, do, or tea? Or like, it's just so cool to know the, the unknown. Yeah. Because history is sexy, but it's also not. It's so, I feel like there's this like misconception about the music industry that everybody knows what they're doing 
that everybody's got it all together. And we're all just like, we're all kind of not fumbling our way through, but learning as we go. Like the music industry is not set. There's not a clear path to get to get to whatever level you want to be at. You can create your own avenues and create your own destination for how you're going to get there. So it's just, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, the, yeah, I wouldn't say that we're, we're like fumbling over ourselves. I would say that we have to in 2020 and within the modern music industry, we have to make sure that we have an open mind because things are changing rapidly every single fucking day. Like, especially with streaming, especially with TikTok. Like we just have to stay on our toes in the music industry. It's like, we can read all these books. Like we can know about how it started. We can know, you know, um, how to, how to write a song, like what, what type of cadence sells, like that kind of shit. But you have to stay on your toes in the industry because it is changing, especially right this second in 2020. Cause none of us, even, even creatives ha- know like how to format what's going to happen next year or yeah. how to creatively say, here, here's how we're going to have a show. But you just watched a cool show, didn't you? Well, just this past week, we got to um, do a music video for the Flaming Lips. Dope. Yeah. Can you talk about that? I mean, they posted about it, so. Yeah, I feel like I can. It's it's going to be, I don't know. I'll, I'll check into it, but I'll talk about it. And if I can't, we'll take it out. Well, basically, I just want to say, though, they were, everyone was in, so Wayne Coyne has a space ball. He posted about it. So he has a space ball. He's so used to going throughout the crowd, so. We, um, I went to a school called ACM at UCO and the CEO of ACM is the manager of the Flaming Lips and shout out Scott Booker. You've changed my life. You were fucking incredible. He is the definition of inspiration. Anyways, Wayne, um, the lead singer of the Flaming Lips is often in this like uh, clear hamster ball. Go Google it if you have no idea. And he'll go throughout the crowd walking on them, walking on their hands, but everyone in the audience was in their own clear hamster ball, right? Yes. It was so crazy. It was so cool to see like a show done in a different way that hasn't really been done in this like state of the world. That's so creative. Like Wayne, Wayne's incredible, but that is such a creative way to still get people together for music. But then there are so many questions like, how do they go to the bathroom? Do they have to roll themselves out? (laughs) That was a part of of the social experiment. So we let everybody go to the bathroom like we were in kindergarten, go to the bathroom beforehand. Once you were in the bubble, you could not come out. (sighs) Wow, anxiety. That would give me anxiety. I need a way out. Yes. But for music, you know, I'd sacrifice. I know. It's so interesting. I've seen a lot of people do like the drive-up theaters where they're having concerts at the drive-ins. And virtual concerts, like, I'm just so interested to see where live music goes and, like, the creative avenues that can come out of this. Exactly. You know, because I, th- I think there's going to be some really crazy, some really crazy ideas. Yeah, like Wayne's. Like Wayne's, yeah. There have always been shows. We've never had this dull moment where we're like, what the fuck do we do? And it sucks because we're seeing the people that we love the most and the industry know their profession to the T, have been studying their profession for years and years and years, and suddenly they're out of a job. I know a lot of the world was also out of a job, but to me on the outside perspective, it just so it just fucking sucks to see people that are so skilled in their craft not be able to make a living out of their craft in the moment. So yeah, you're right. I, I hope desperately that that the industry finds creative avenues and creative ways to keep it going because we, we need that. And our friends need jobs and shout out to our friends right now that are making it. You love you and we believe in you and the industry will come out strong and so will you. Um, but Mick, I want to ask you what's, what was your favorite episode? 
Honestly, I've, I've loved all of them for their unique reasons, but Erica Campbell, mm. hers has been like, I listened to it. I told you the other day, I listened to it all the time because I just feel like, like I relate to it so much and it just feels, it just feels right for me. Like, especially where I'm at in my career. What did you relate to? Just the fact that she said, if you don't see an opportunity, create it for yourself. If oh, you, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I, I know you and I both went to school and, you know, we got our degrees. Yay. Um, but we have self-taught our yeah. own skills a lot of the way. And I just feel like she did the same, you know, like she, she had an idea for something that she wanted to do and she wanted to go to concerts for free. You know, that's self-serving. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's initially what sparks your interest in stuff is, you know, like, how's this going to benefit me? Not how's this going to benefit other people? Yeah. Um, Say it like it is. Yeah. I mean, but the ultimate is for other people, but you got to take care of you in order to give. But do you think that comes first? Like, or do you think, how quickly do you think that evolves? Because initially most people get into it for you or for like yourself. Yeah. And how quickly do you start thinking, wow, I could really help other people with this? Well, personally, it's initially, initially, like I think that it's immediate. I think they go hand in hand the second that you start doing something that you love because if it's something that you love, chances are, I mean, the way that I look at the world personally is like the world's art. Every single thing you look at right, right at the second, wherever you are in the world, it's fucking art. The sidewalk, art. Someone created that, created that with their own two hands. The ceiling, art. Um, I think that here I am losing my train of thought now. I'm like, art, yay. But, but you're right. I think that creating opportunities is something that you have to do in order to give. Yeah. You have to be able to say, okay, here's a problem. Uh, surely I'm not the only one affected by this problem. How can I solve this problem? Yeah. So there you are trying to figure something out for yourself, but knowing that you're not the only one going through it. My coffee maker. Oh, okay. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> See, we're, we're from home. I mean, we're working from home now. So thanks. <gasps> you might hear my cats in a second if you haven't already. Yes. I love, I mean, just going back to Erica's episode, it is, it's so great. And it's so funny. I, um, we had to re-record her episode. That was not... Let's just admit it. Let's do it. That was not our first take. Our first nope. episode was drastically different. And Alexa decided... It, it was so good. And we had a little bit of a mishap. But you know what? That happens in business. It happens everywhere. And if you are able to pivot from that and make good out of something that wasn't planned... Mm-hmm. Power to you. We were pissed though. Let's be real. Like we were, we were so mad and I'm not going to say exactly what happened other than the audio file got deleted and there was no way to recover it. And we were already like, we had already recorded it like two weeks ago and we were ready to basically put the episode out and we're like, holy shit, this is Where so is We're going to have to call Erica again. And Erica, shout out to you. You're fucking amazing. Thank you so much for being so willing to do this again with us because your story is I mean, it ended up being your favorite episode. It, it, I still, I, I can't get over it. I could talk about it all day. If you liked Erica's episode, DM me. Let's chat about it because I've got so much. What about you? I love that Erica and Asia both um, were like, hey, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I can't imagine not being a fan in the music industry because people are so weird about like being around celebrities and, and you know, holding themselves, holding their composure and being just like super uh, to the T, even though you don't have to be like that in front of people. You can say, hey, I totally don't respect your music. Here's how I relate to the song. But you say it with respect. Right. And 
And you're allowed to be, just like Asia said, you're allowed to be in the photo pit, like, you know, saying, saying the lyrics, having fun, but also doing your job. Yeah. I love like when, um, when Asia said that she was like, I'm the reason that they're employed and that they're on stage. That hit me. And I was like, because I've never been one to like sing, sing songs at shows because I just feel like it's not professional and hearing so many people say like, no, you sing it. You are there for a reason. Like you, you're working. You're the reason that they're on stage. You're the reason that all these people are here. You're a fan. Sing it. And I'm like, Oh, I know we're, I fucking love us. Like we literally are the exact opposite. You're like, yeah, sometimes I won't sing. And I'm like, I'm over here just fucking belting the lyrics with my camera on my, on my hip. And I'm like, fuck, there's crying always that, sub- out. that subliminal message. Oh yeah. I'm always crying at concerts. Honestly, it makes me, it moves me. Um, I know there are other people listening that cry at concerts too. So, you know, we are our own special breed, <laughs> but my favorite episode, oh, it's so hard. My favorite episode, probably listen to, I love that we haven't mentioned an artist yet. I mean, K-Play was incredible. Absolutely. So, so every single episode has a reason to be like our favorite, but personally mine was Gurge just because she, she's doing what I want to do in the industry, which is, which is A&R. Like she's done A&R. She's done the, the partnerships. She's had these really big shows with really big artists and help, help to market them and sell them out. And she is just the example of a woman who was ruthless in her endeavors and in her, um, inspiration and aspirations. And, um, I mean, I think personally, since I've, I don't know, I've, I don't think I've met anyone else that we've been, oh, Asia, of course, mm-hmm. we've met Asia as well, a couple of times in the photo pit, um, in New York and in Tennessee. So that's random. But Gerge was also, oh, in Tennessee. Yeah. Bonnaroo. So I met Asia and Gerge at Bonnaroo in the same day. Fun about that yeah two of our guests but Gurge and then also probably K-Flay because I love hearing how artists work creatively because sometimes I feel like I'm like just by myself over here like as a creative but not an artist in the industry um so being behind the scenes and being a creative is still just as fucking important but like hearing K-Flay I mean she she said that this is a, a common question she gets but her favorite song perform like we said and it was Giver mm-hmm. and I don't know. There's something about knowing a creative's favorite thing to do because they're always doing so much of a ton of things. Yeah. So it's what's important to them. What are some of those things that you feel like you're doing all the time being a creative? Keeping up. Yeah. I'm, it's, uh, being a creative is constant keep up. It is constantly like, again, just like social media and the industry is just forever evolving. You know, it is just non fucking stop. Yeah. Um, we have to find creative ways to do uh, newsletters. We have to find creative ways to get um, artists involved in social media takeovers. I think that being a creative in the music industry is not like a volatile job, but it is something that you have to be so aware of. You have to be so present. And also from someone who smokes a lot of pot, (laughs) just going to say that, um, it's hard to be present because it is like a special skill that you have to make sure you are so aware that you are consuming everything around you so that when you sit down to create, you can take those different elements, um, that you've learned throughout your day. Or, um, like for example, I always, when I go into, um, really cool like hotels or when I go places for meetings before COVID, I would always look at the colors and in the room and in the restaurant, or even how the person is dressed 
because I see things in terms of like aesthetics in some ways. And mm-hmm. so if I can draw together, like for instance, um, uh, I've actually kind of been writing some music kind of sort of, but not too much. Um, but I was bringing together Marilyn Manson, Megadeth, Charlie XCX, Bach, and um, I don't know, someone else. Anyways, it's just about uh, being a creative in the industry. It's just about taking, consuming everything around you and then applying it to right this second, because right this second is going to be completely different in a week from now. Mm. Yeah, I, that's a that's a roundabout answer. What since you since you see things in aesthetics, what is what's yours? Oh my god, great question. What's How yours? Private. You it? <laughs> I would be like jungle. <laughs> um. <laughs> As I'm looking at Michaela right now, since we're on Zoom, she's wearing a, a cheetah print top with like cheetah print wall print. <laughs> I print love the cheetah print wallpaper. I love I'm it. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for anything print. Um, I don't know. Not I don't know. Like yeah. Stripes. <gasps> like plaid? I literally wore a plaid blazer <laughs> this week. <laughs> it was like a tweed though. It was like a tweed blazer, okay. but it was still plaid. So I want to ask you some stuff about you, you know, I want to, I want our audience to know what you do as well. And the point of this episode really is just for us to have an open discussion again, also about who we are, how we got to where we are and where we hope to go. So tell us how you got in the music industry. I feel like I was destined to be in the music industry. And I know that sounds so like cheesy, but it's, it's in my roots. Like my, my mom and dad met, um, my dad was a musician and my mom went to all his shows and that's how they met. My very first concert was the Eagles and I was in my mom's belly and she was nine months pregnant. Like my mom is a concert junkie and we grew up listening. Like we, how we would get ready in the mornings. Music was always playing. I would ask my mom questions. She, she is one of the smartest people in music. Like she can name you the drummer of an eighties rock band and who they're married to. And like a time that she saw them. And it's just like, she is so evolved into music. And I never even considered it as a career because like, I couldn't sing at all still can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have so much appreciation for it. And when I was going to school, getting my associates, I had a couple of friends say like, Michaela, go to a music festival, go to a music festival. It'll change your life. And I'm like, nah, it's not my scene. Like I don't do bugs. I'm a, I'm a city girl through and through. And so, um, I decided to go for it. I love challenging myself and doing things that are big and scary that I know like will put me out of my comfort zone. So I went and it was so incredible, absolutely changed my life. Like, yeah, just seeing everybody, seeing the event, how much what, thought was put into the stages. Hangout Music Fest. And who was headlining? Um, the one of the main headliners that we got to see was The Weeknd. Oh, wow. So we went to this festival and it absolutely changed my life. I came home thinking, how do I make this a career? Like, how do I go to that every single day, wake up knowing that that's my job, knowing that I was able to bring thousands of people together for the purpose of one event, creating memories. And like, they have no idea what it took behind the scenes. So I started pursuing outlets, got a, um, an internship at a music festival and haven't looked back since. What, 
who hasn't ever been to a festival, like what, how can they best prepare to work one? I mean, I would say the best thing that you could do once you secure a job at a festival, invest in some good shoes because you, you will not be sitting. You do not sit like the entire weekend that you're working it and weeks leading up. Like you are constantly go, go, go. It's considered a construction site until gates open outside of that. I don't really know. I mean, it was probably number one. Like that is also know who's playing and where and what stage, if it's a really big festival before you go so that like as a photographer, so I was a photographer at Bonnaroo. Um, I was aware of who's playing where, but, um, because of that fact, there are typically little like voids or like, like, um, blank spots where people will have surprise shows. So they'll have like surprise pop-up shows and the pop-up show that, um, I got to go to was Chance the Rapper and it was super fucking random. But because of the fact that I knew that the person, the, the next show that I needed to be to was, wasn't starting for another 20 minutes, that very small gap, I was able to run all the way across the field. If you've been to Bonnaroo, it's a long way and go photograph Chance. And I actually ended up talking to him and being right next to him. He was not very nice. Sorry if you've worked with him before, but he was not very nice to me. Um, and, and yeah, so yeah, planning, planning ahead, shoes, and also be on your fucking game. Also be on your game because so many important people are at festivals and, and also have business cards. Make sure you're ready to network. Have yeah. a elevator pitch, a mission statement. Know the who the fuck you are. I would say one of my like go-to things, working at a music venue, I have a lighter with me. You never freaking know. Like there are so many times I've been walking through the alley or, you know, like walking to the green rooms to make sure production's going good. How many times I've been asked, hey, do you have a lighter? And it is like my go-to conversation piece because I'm like, oh. yes. I do. That's a great way though, to start a conversation. You're right. It's just to have something that people often ask for so that you can be the one you can be the plug. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, they do. Especially if you sign your name on it, they're like, Oh, who is this? No, I'm just kidding. I've never done that. (laughs) So tell me, tell me a fun story about working at the criterion. Like, have have you ever had an artist ask for anything weird or have you ever had to say anything weird to an artist? Um, works in primarily live, live shows and live venues, live festivals, that kind of thing. When I was working at the Criterion, we had Post Malone and this was before he got to arena levels. So our venue is kind of like mid-sized. It's like a 4,000 cap venue. So we get a lot of people that don't quite play the small shows, but are on their rise to play arenas. And we had Post Malone, I believe in like 2017, 2017 or 2018. And I knew that his favorite drink was screwdrivers. And so I would go to our bartenders and, cause I really wanted him to do a takeover. I really wanted oh, him yeah. to take over on the Criterion's page on their Instagram. So I got really in cahoots with his manager and I'm like, Hey, got him a drink. Well, little did I know, cause little baby Michaela over here was just trying to finesse her way to get this takeover. Got it approved by the manager and everything. I just had to find my opportunity to get in his room. Wow, I didn't know that. To get him to do the takeover. And he, <laughs> he, I gave him the screwdriver and he was like, hey, thanks. And I was like, hey, no problem. Can you actually do a takeover for me on the Criterion's page? And he did. Um, I was just like, 
not fangirling, but I was like, yes, I did it. Like I, I set out to do it and I did it. Um, (laughs) the very next day I was still in school. They did not leave the venue until almost 4am. I had an 8am class. So whenever I got home, I missed my class and we were having presentations and it was like a group project or whatever. I didn't show up. I, I slept through my alarm. I was so tired and my group kicked me out of the class and I had to finish the rest of the year doing everything myself. And I was like, I don't even fucking care. I got Post Malone to do a take. That's so fucking badass. I forgot the outcome of that story. So I was like, oh my God, did he tell you no? Like, what did he do? No, no. You fucking did it after your screwdriver yes. because you did your research, you knew, and you asked the manager. Yep. That That's is the most important thing. Yeah. Always ask like 10 people before you talk to the artist. Yes. Yeah. There's so many ways that you can disrespect an artist. Let me, let me see. I've got some questions here for you, Ace. I'll let's hear them. So we're kind of talking about, you know, working with artists directly a little bit. Um, I feel like a lot of people get into the music industry to meet celebrities, to increase like their social status, so to speak. What are some of the best reasons to get into the music industry, in your opinion? Okay, so first and foremost, um, we're asking each other blind questions. So these yeah. are like, just like, like I had no idea that she was going to ask that. So I love <laughs> it. My real, my real and honest answer. Love so. I don't know. I don't really know exactly how to answer that question other than get into the industry for your passions. Before you get into the industry, um, which is what the fuck does getting into the industry even mean? Getting into the industry in so many different ways means studying your craft. So for Michaela, it could be studying PR and really fucking know how to, how to sell your artists. Yeah. Um, and moving up from there and getting other artists and having them you know, migrate to bigger labels. Whereas for me, it was photography. I got into music because I reached out to a blog and asked if I could photograph for them. And sure enough, my very first show ever was Sammy Hagar, (laughs) which is fun. But from there, yeah, I think that there are a lot of misconceptions, especially about the sexy side of it, the mysterious side of it, because you really think that that's what you're going to get the second that you get into it. But even with photography, you kind of are you kind of get a chance to be personal with the artist in a way that they don't, they don't even know you. Yeah. And you're over here editing out their fucking acne and shit like that, just so you can give a really beautiful photo to, right. to their agency or something, whoever needs it for press. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that people understand that you won't really be around these artists unless you absolutely fucking know your craft, show up for your craft and and also manifest it. I think that if you want to be around these artists and if you want to be a tour photographer, if you want to be a, um, a, a personal um, assistant, because I know lots of people like, want to be an executive assistant to artists, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to be really fucking good, first off, because there's a lot of competition. And there are, I want to say there are not a lot of positions, but there are. There are a lot of positions within the music industry, but just like Erica said, you kind of have to create them. Yeah, I don't know if that, that really answers the question, but I think yeah. that it's a really great point to mention that you are not going to be around these big people all the time. And when you are, it is very special and you cherish that moment. And that's your inspiration kind of moving forward for the next you know couple of months until you have that opportunity again. 
Yeah. I love that you said to hone your craft because I remember talking to you specifically um, because I knew you did photography, but you, you just pointed out to me that shooting concerts is one of the hardest. Oh my God. You because of the lighting. And I was like, well, duh, you know, that's just something that as like, if you're not in the photography realm, you don't really consider because you're, you're a fan, you're on the outside, but as a photographer, you're constantly changing it because the lights. Oh my God. Nonstop. People even have different, you know, camera bodies and different lenses just to get different types of poses yeah. um, or even the, their, or not poses, but different types of styles with their lighting. Um, yeah, that's a, that's also a really fucking good point is that photography during live shows is hard. And, and I want to say, if you're listening, there are so many people, you know, I'm just going to be a little catty here. If you think you can do it and you're a big shot with your small camera, keep working up because there is so much competition that if you just want to be in the photo pit, to be in the photo pit and to be cool and to post about it, that's all you're going to fucking be. Like yeah. that is all you're going to be, babe. Like, like, like cut that shit out. That as, as a woman photographer, that is what I'm so sick of seeing in the photo pit is all these dudes with their really small cameras or even their fucking iPhones. And they're over here acting like they're a big shot with their VIP pass um, yeah. because they know someone who knows someone who knows someone that knows the artist. Mm-hmm. And as someone who really knows their skill and practices their craft nonstop, um, I would love to see that change. I would love to see the people in the photo pit that are there for their specific job, not just to be cool. Yeah. Well, and too, like just from the venue side, we have to communicate to the photographers that, you know, there might be some restrictions. You might not even be allowed in the photo pit. You might yep. shoot from the sound state. And so like awesome. you have to know your shit because not only is the artist depending on those, but even the venue too is depending on people's way. Getting people's way. Like there's a reason why it's always first three songs and that's it. Yeah. Because not only like when you get in people's way, you get in the security guard's way. Cause what if there's someone coming through that, you know, I mean, this happens often, honestly, if you're in the photo pit, make sure you're watching your lens because, and it's a crazy show because you know, security guards are pulling out people that are passing out and they're pulling out people who are crowd surfing and you are, you are in their fucking way. Yeah. Um, or an artist gets distracted also by, you know, if you're trying to hold up your camera all the way to the sky, just to get that one shot that looks like, you know, and I've done this, I'm guilty of doing this, but I won't do it ever again because I was, I felt bad because it was a really great shot. And I was like, I should not have done this. Not only was I in the fans way and I was, and I was taking that experience away from them. That might have been a really, um, like a really push moment with a lot of lighting and with a, with a really heavy sound. And here I am with my camera ready to get that moment. And it takes away from people around me. Yeah. So I think that there is definitely something to be said about um, like etiquette in the photo pit as well as etiquette in a venue and etiquette in the music industry in its entirety. You have to be really fucking good and not step on people's toes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I love talking about this stuff with you because we haven't had a chance to really do a lot of this um, because we've been focused on the podcast. We've been, we've been focusing on just this. Like we've been focusing on making sure that the people that we like aspire to be or their stories are being heard. And then, you know, the younger generation or even whatever generation, whoever you are listening, that you are also inspired and that you take away something from this. Cause the last thing we want to do is put out something empty into the world with big hopes and big aspirations. And I think it's also important to mention in the music industry, things are very glamorized and that's not exactly just like, you know, going along the same line. That's not exactly how it goes. Um, and, and I, and I still also want to mention 
we're not professionals. No. Like I have been in the music industry for five years now. That is literally it. Five fucking years. And my mentors have been in it for 20, 30 years, 30, 40, 50 years. Like when I really think about it. And so, you know, whoever you are listening on the other end, just know that we're not trying to put words into your mouth. We don't, we are sharing our own experiences as young female entrepreneurs looking to be in positions that don't exist or that have historically been led by a man. And uh, we just want to see equality. So that, again, that's the point of this podcast. And that's the point of us sharing our stories to say, hey, like, I don't know it all, but here's what I got from this moment. Yeah. That's such a beautiful point too, because there there are so many resources out there that you that you can listen to. And so if you listen to our podcast, like it means the absolute world to us because we don't have it figured out. You know, we are learning every single day and, and hope you're learning with us, but ultimately like join us in the fight for equality. Join us, join us in seeing more women because we want to see you in those opportunities. We want to help you get to those opportunities and hope you can take something away from the podcast that that furthers your career. Mm-hmm. And our DMs are always open, you know, at goldhandgirls, goldhandgirls.com, at Alexa AAs, send us a question and say, hey, the podcast sent me. And that will not only incentivize us to be like, okay, this person is really, really interested because we do also get um, DMs and notifications and stuff from people who just kind of want to know our secrets. And that's not really what it's about. Like we, we will absolutely share that with you. However, um, we want to know that you're going to take what we have to share and really, really utilize it and, yeah. and implement it into your own um, journey. So moving forward, this is our last episode of the season. I don't know. How can we tell them like what's to come? Listen, Linda's and Leonard's, <laughs> it's, it's about to go off. It is. We're, we're just like so here we're we're fucking here we're we're not going to stop this but we have to the reason that why we're doing this in seasons now um is because we are kind of like what you said earlier we're kind of like going with the flow in some ways we have our solid foundation we know that we want to interview artists we know that we want to interview music industry executives and professionals and the young and the up and coming um or even the established but it takes time and energy and dedication in order to find those people and to really share the stories of, you know, if we're only having 10 season or 10 episodes a season of those 10 different people that come from different backgrounds that have different experiences, we don't just, if you're listening also, we don't really just want an artist just for press. So, um, I know that's kind of hard to hear for some people, but this is, this means a lot to us and we want to share different stories. Diversity is something that we stand, we stand for. And we also stand for Black Lives Matter and we stand for equality and we stand for women and equal pay. <laughs> like it, we have our foundation, but we need a break in order to continuously do better and be better and share stories so that it's not repetitive and so that it can apply to, to you because we don't want to be 20 episodes in and it's still not apply to you. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, we do a lot of research. And just like Alexa just said, we want to bring on people that we believe in. And so that takes time. And not to mention, like, Alexa and I are both doing things on the side. We want this to be our full-time career. We're just not, 
we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But isn't it cool to say that? Because like we are being so fucking vulnerable and saying, hey, we need to take a break. We need to pause because we're not there yet. We're not able to monetize our passions fully just yet. But guess what? We are still fucking going. We're still going to try. We're still, we're going to keep our momentum going as fucking long as we can. And we but, still have to bring in the best guests and bring you the best podcast that we possibly can. So in order to do that, we just need a little time. It's not thrown together. Um, but also, if you guys have any guests that you think would be good on our podcast, or if you have any friends, or if you're like, hey, I have a friend in the music industry, um, but they're a male, but they have a really incredible story. Let's hear it. Like yeah. we, that's something that we also want to say is women, non-binary, men and those in between, like this is for you. This that's is it. for you. This is a podcast that we've both always wanted to see. Represents the minorities. Yes, that just representation in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this is for you. And we are open to feedback and we want to hear from y'all. We want to see who you guys want us to talk to. And, you know, we are, we're, we're just- all ears. So wrapping it up here, um, Michaela, who the fuck are you listening to right now? literally anyone and everyone I'm all ears for new music but I've really been digging um an artist her name is some girl named Dana that's literally her name um also really like Gia Woods and Princess Nokia Princess Nokia those are great too what about you Uh, are you jamming Radiohead. Radiohead is someone I'm listening to nonstop. I don't know if it's because I'm smoking a lot of pot again and creating nonstop, or if it's because I've just never had a chance to get into Radiohead. And I'll say too, like Jimi Hendrix, like I will, I will not say I'm listening to an artist unless I like an iconic artist. Uh So I relatively know their catalog because in the music industry, if you're like, oh, I love Radiohead, you're like, oh my god, did you listen to this at this this time and and this album at this time? And I'm like, oh oh god, no. I'm just now really getting. Radiohead, and I would highly recommend listening to Zane Lowe's podcast with Tom York. Um, Tom is a personal inspiration. I mean, who doesn't he inspire as a creative? He's just a fucking weirdo, and I love it. Yeah, other than that, I'm listening to a girl called Ida Ye. I think that's how you say it. I-D-A, um, apostrophe Y-E, and then Aura is someone I'm also listening to. Bones UK, in all caps, Ashniko Yeah. Upsall, that's a big oh, one. And we love Upsall. I'm listening to a lot of Meg Thee Stallion, actually. Ooh. I love her and her early stuff. She just released a new music video, and it's so interesting and in-depth. It's almost like Alice in Wonderland meets, like, hip-hop. Ooh, give me. Oh, I love that. You need to check it out, because it's definitely up your alley as far as, like, creativity goes. Man, so that's it. We did it. We we did a season, and if you're still listening, we are so fucking grateful. It it's been a journey, and it has been a year. Like this month, I mean, probably to the week. Like it was October of 2019 when we we're like, okay, let's start a podcast, and here we are, one year later. And again, our DMs are open. We wanna we wanna hear what you have to say. We wanna hear your feedback. And also, if you are still listening, please go rate and subscribe and give us a five star because that would be so cool because the more um stars we have let's be real the more ratings that we have the more opportunity that we're able to provide not for us but for you and that is what this is about it is about opportunity and experience and applying it to your own life so that you are not naive and and the endeavors that you are passionate about 
And leaving so. a five-star review costs zero dollars. It is just your way of showing support for us that only in turn helps us get better and grow. So closing it up here for our 10th episode of Women and Music by Gold Hand Girls, a music business podcast hosted by myself, Alexa Ace, and Kayla Chandler. Kayla Chandler. We did it. We so, did it. Hoorah! Stay in tune and send us questions. We'll miss you. Goodbye. Bye.